So, welcome back to part two of the Saddlecast end of season review. Um, probably best to go and check out part one if you've not already done so before you delve into uh, part two here. It's still up on uh, SoundCloud and iTunes in the usual place, so uh, yeah, please go and check that one out. In the second part, review the rest of the season, starting at the blip that got us back into the relegation zone, and then obviously the late season form that finally saw us get safe. Um, after that, we move on to the player of the season, biggest disappointments, all of that usual stuff. Um, and somehow we just casually mention how bad the Jake King era was. So it gets a little bit off topic, but uh, you wouldn't expect anything more from the Saddle cast. So, um, yeah, I suppose without any further ado, I'll throw you back to a more echoey version of me uh, a few Sundays ago. Um, so back on with part two of the review. So, yeah, we just talked about the, the good start and uh, Hurst then, and he got us up to safety, and everyone was obviously foot off the gas then. We thought we were probably going to be all right, didn't we? But we did have a little bit of a blip, didn't we, Ollie? Um, yeah, I think uh, I remember some god awful games against Coventry and Chesterfield that spring to mind. But yeah, we had a little blip there that got us back into trouble, didn't we, Ollie? What, what have you got on your stats there? Well, yeah, unfortunately, we um, yeah the Coventry game was a game, huge missed opportunity, and we all thought we went into that game, we all thought we were going to win that quite comfortably. Yeah. And that kind of then brought us back into, into reality. I think this is where also where. Um, yeah, Shropshire Radio were called out saying that we were being too positive by Paul Hurst. I remember him saying that the pre-game. I think it was. I think it was Stuart Dunn. I think he was actually popping up in a pop-up. Paul Hurst was saying I'm, I'm we're sure. not worm. We're not. We're not safe yet. Which yeah, I think was a fair win. comment from Hurst. Yeah. But then yeah, I went to the last eleven games and looking at the results, um, I only saw two wins. <laughs> and um, and three draw- and four draws. Yeah. Um, so yeah, the the end of the season was a bit tight and Ooh. a bit squeaky. It was that final run, wasn't it, um, Lewis? You know, the, the, the three games that I think stood out to us is we played the three teams that are right now. This is it, Coventry, yeah. Chesterfield. Yeah. And we obviously, obviously lost to, to Coventry, didn't we? And Chesterfield was a poor result. And that then made us go into that huge game versus Vale, who had a couple of games in hand on us. Mm-hmm. And we could have probably put to bed if we'd have beaten them. Mm-hmm. And that game was pretty bad as well. And where did that come? Where do you think that came from at first? Because it, it did come out a little bit out of the blue when you were performing <coughs> before it. We've been on a fantastic run. And then all of a sudden, we got in a great position, and then we were playing the teams 24th, 23rd, and 22nd. Yeah. And we sh- we thought we were going to take nine points because of that. And if we'd have probably looked further ahead, the run at the end of the season wasn't great, was it? It no. wasn't. It wasn't a nice end to the season, really. If you you had to win at Oxford and you had to beat Southend, um, and we took two points from nine from those three games, and and uh, you know. Paul would say, and he said a couple of times, it started against Coventry two minutes in, and there was that injury, wasn't there? That 20 minute delay, which killed that game. Yeah. You know, they probably could have recovered, but, you know, we'll excuse the players for not being able to recover from something like that, which is. It was a strange. An yeah. odd, yeah, it was really odd. That doesn't happen. Um, Chesterfield started well, got an early goal, wasn't convinced by that performance, and Vale, you know. The gaffer was the gaffer was fuming. Terrible. The gaffer was fuming with Vale. Um, really fuming. I'd, I'd wager most out of any of his games. Um, I would say, and it looked bleak after that Vale game, didn't it? Yeah. Uh, judging by the fact we had Bolton next and then that running. Well, we lost the next three, didn't we, after the Vale game? And that that was just you know we were back in the relegation zone then, mm-hmm. weren't we, Mark? And it just started to look really. There's a good word out there. It's bleak. I think the bottom line is that they weren't a very good team actually for the whole season and they've been on a really good run yeah. and they just hit the buffers mm. at the wrong moment and also <coughs> combined with the fact that it was probably the first time they were asked to break teams down yeah. and yeah. when you're, mm-hmm. you're not a very good team yeah. you're not a very good squad and I mean in terms of collective talent and ability the easiest thing to do is grind out results yeah. and maybe even have days Charlton at home where you know you do go toe to toe and you have a great one but they, those can almost lull you into a false sense of security yeah. mm. and probably at times it became 
clear that we weren't as good as uh, or we were saying they were not quite as um, good as as we thought they were mm. and I, I just think that if they'd have had um, a draw here a defeat here a loss here and the same set of results over the course of Paul Hurst's time it probably would have been about right yeah. the weird thing was it came in what 10-11 games mm. unbeaten and then an awful run yeah. Yeah. Um, actually if you can combine the two that's probably about right yeah. um, because actually wherever they finished and it was out of the relegation so I sort of stopped paying attention for six bottom whatever it was um, <coughs> it was about right yeah, yeah, yeah. it seems to be a while to shake it off didn't it that the weird thing it came on the back of that charm game is what I think about it because okay. it was such a ridiculous game we went scored four goals and it was again, probably the best game yeah. of the season and then it was almost like it took so much out of our team to get that result and that would seem to be the result they thought they would be safe and mm. they they sort of took a while to readjust again and sort of go back to... That thing. game was a problem. I remember speaking to Paul Hurst afterwards and I, I remember saying to him, you've got 4-4-2, you've got Louis Dodds, who's a number 10. Yeah. You don't know where to play him. You don't know what he's... He's not a striker. Yeah. He's not a winger. He's certainly not a central midfielder. There isn't a role for him. Mm-hmm. So, I remember that night he played Louis, Louis Dodds, left-hand side, mm. cutting in. So, for the first time, he'd started to break up the structure of his team, his mm. 4-4-2, to go a bit more attacking. And so you've got a proper winger, you've got another person drifting in and you've got two up front and they were really, really open. Yeah. And I said, where's the balance? Given the talent you've got, where do you go, okay, we can throw men forward and try and dominate teams yeah. or we can sit back and play on the break. And he said, that's what I've got to find. Yeah. And I think that 4-3, where they were so open and yes, they got the right result, yeah. contributed a little bit to mm. the indecision maybe a yeah. little bit amongst yeah. players and manager of just mm. how ambitious mm. to be and and when you play in the likes of Coventry and Chesterfield do you go and say we're better than them yeah. we're going to go and impose ourselves on is the game or do you do what got you the results over the previous we, run of yeah. games is, is the word I think I don't know if I'm right you can correct me but historically <laughs> for Shrewsbury Town going back expectation you know things become a bit different when, when you expected generally there's an unwritten rule that if there's a game we're expected to win or we're playing in front of a huge home crowd or a away crowd, crowd we all lose <laughs> like expectation is, is the ultimate killer of a Shrewsbury Town team mm-hmm. I think it doesn't matter whether it's expectation to win or expectation of the fans we all seem to choke <laughs> That's the so this thing. is a job for Hurst now um, bringing think, in his, his players um, yeah. and mentality wise yeah. and I think um, also that mentality is someone else is going to come on to I think that's one of the things so th- th- that run of those games where we went from 20 points to 40 points was fantastic we all thought oh we're going to have a great end to the season but I think it just kind of papered over the cracks and allowed us all to forget how poor this team was yeah. how we only had two wingers in the team and going back to Mellon again, he brought this, he put a squad together. You know, even if we're playing football manager on a computer game, you know, or FIFA or something, you don't sign 22 left-backs and two, and two central midfielders and no strikers, Not do they're you? they're from Brazil. No, <laughs> <laughs> but, but you don't do that. And yeah, it just kind of that period, paper over the cracks of the ment- weak mentality, the lack of leadership in the squad, and also just how damn poor they are. Hurst said a couple of times, um, you know, or certainly hinted at, that maybe in that run, they'd they were peaking you know the yeah, players yeah. were at the top of, and, and maybe they were just evening out you know ha- to their to their level I think that's probably harsh because I think they're probably better than four defeats in a row but yeah. you know yeah. but, but that's because but the lone were... players they were doing so well weren't they so we had like when Roberts was doing so well yeah Ladarko quite a few players so if you actually take out the lone players but for that squad that and squad we to be Gogo as well at that point yeah. in time you know you've got to remember so when did Gogo get injured? injured can you Scum guys remember Scum which was the end of the six we yeah. Yeah. For, for that squad to be top of the form table 
was amazing, really. I mean, it yeah. shows you how high of a level they were, they were playing. As well, again, on that tactical point of playing 4-4-2 and trying to break up your system and get a bit more creative, yeah. Agogo's work ethic. Mm. I mean, why did Leicester win the league playing 4-4-2? Because they had a central yeah. midfielder who didn't work at two players. Yeah, yeah. Because everybody else plays three. Yeah. So you've got to have somebody in there who makes up the numbers, and that was Agogo. Mm. When you play Deegan and Morris or Deegan and Yates, the legs aren't there no. to compete with a, a three-man midfield you remember sitting next to you during that period and, and you, you were instantly con, sort of concerned with the lack of a go-go and Yates yeah. you, you didn't take to him too well did you? Right, you probably right. came a bit better towards the end of the season but you were taking out your best player at that point in time replacing with a young lad who had basically no experience yeah it's, it's like Max says you just instantly noticed that there was maybe a third less work being done in the middle mm-hmm. of the park mm-hmm. and we were getting overrunning in positions where it used to be we would we would compete and I noticed a lot of the times a go-go one of his great strengths is, is running back, covering the ground to get back past the attacker and, and doing that covering tackle and, and sort of a last pitch winner. We just lost that ability mm-hmm. to, to break the ball off at the edge of the box, which then gets in the box and then leads to a goal. So, yeah, you definitely notice him in, out of the team and it just leads to us being a bit more porous. Then we start dropping further and further back down the pitch yeah. and, and inviting pressure. Yeah. And talking of pressure, obviously we, we had this bad run <clears throat> and then we came to basically the final four games where... You know, it was all or nothing, really, wasn't it, for those four games? And we managed to take a reasonably credible eight points from the last four games, which essentially saved us at the end of the day. Um, and I suppose looking at that now, after that bad run, just getting those eight points in the four games was actually a bit of a turnaround, wasn't it? And came at the right time for us, and Vale basically imploded again. And what did you make of the run, Ollie? Yeah, we kind of, yeah, we obviously we had um, a couple of results, but yeah, we kind of just drew ourselves through, didn't we? We got mm. a few decent um, draws, which were which were key. Um, and yeah, we just kind of we just limped over the line, didn't we? <laughs> in the end, it was um, yeah, it was a bit of a. If if you talk about the final five games, because yeah. that that's yeah, you know, starting with the the Rochdale win, that was after what four defeats in a row. Yeah. Um, you know, Rochdale were on the beach. I think they came. They're, they're not particularly yeah. good. Good away. Was in his slacks, wasn't he? Uh, he was, he was going, going, <laughs> going out close, wasn't he? Keep Bill. And I think we scored uh, fairly early, Stefan. Um, and Rochdale didn't pose any threat for like the next 75 minutes. Um, I think the, the draws at Warsaw and Northampton were very similar. We were behind, we equalised at about the same time of the game. And I think both showed character. Mm. It's easy to say it showed character when you come from behind and get a draw. But at that stage of the season, you know, when you're maybe not that confident after four, four defeats, you know, fair play. And then, of course, there was Southend, which I, 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 didn't, I didn't see us the North, Southend. No, the no. Northampton game was really interesting because we, we started the game so well mm. um, so we went to Northampton obviously after drawing against Warsaw which was a bit frustrating and it wasn't a great performance and then we started the game so well obviously Gogo was back what, yeah. like, what's yeah, he been where's doing where's he come from <laughs> and then it was started so well and we were pressing we were going back what we did in that form period where we were a lot of running getting the ball forward really quick playing direct football and then when they went down to 10 men um, we just didn't seem to that urgency and that kind of mm-hmm. that confidence that we could go and win the game just didn't seem to be there. they gave it a go got, they got a goal didn't they and then, and then they went to 10 and 9 we just couldn't quite sneak it over the line we had a couple of chances, couple of chances and, chances, and yeah. it would have made the season even more comfortable I think if we got that win but and that exposed exactly the limitations which is why they didn't beat Coventry and Chesterfield yeah. has to break down a team yeah. Yeah. even with 9 men and just, yeah. I guess it just comes back to you know how we, you hear about managers saying how important pre-season is to put your basics in and yeah you know a lot of football is about you know consistency and also understanding and learning where the other players are going to be and if you're making those changes all the time you know you're not necessarily going to know what the team no. are going to do so yeah it's going to be interesting as a full pre-season. Limbs over the line I think it's, it's a good comment yeah. what you said there but <clears throat> at the end of the day we got over the line and that that's the huge thing for Shrewsbury Town Football Club you know they needed to stay in League One this season and 
and it, and to me they, they need we'll come on to next season in a little yeah. bit if you want but um, it, it's just vital for us to be a League One club and stop being a yo-yo club but I think it's probably just worth you know talking as a fan you're I talk to Mike now really because I sit by him, but that last game of the season was fun, wasn't it? You know that yeah. that, that win at home against was it something like you say, you just didn't see it coming. Absolutely, <laughs> um, it turned out when you think it's going to be nervy, it's going to go for the last of the season, and then there we go, one the winners. See, mm. We're safe, fantastic. We're checking our scores and anyway. seeing what was happening elsewhere, and it, that that's the sort of thing I said on the podcast. You know, that's the sort of thing a season builds to, and as a fan, you know, you, you get your moment there. Do you know what I mean? Mm. You wait all season for that that thing to happen, and it, it was great. Never went on the pitch and the celebrations. Yeah. And it was just a nice way to end what had been a pretty average season in all seriousness. So I think that was that was quite a nice end of the season, and, and there we go. Yeah, guess one, one, one thing that was discussed, um, and I think it's probably worth taking one of the questions we were going to have later is. Yeah. So yeah, I guess we'll go around the table and just kind of ask, was it a great escape? So we've obviously talked about the context of the season. So yeah, Lewis, we'll go around. What do you think? Was was it a great escape, or what, what was your view on it? Some I, people said. Sorry, I just worth it, sorry saying that some fans didn't think it was a great escape because it wasn't that one magical kind of, you know, result, that, mm. that, that kind of Exeter, Mickey Brown kind mm. of result. But you know, in the context of everything, do you think it was a great escape? I think in print, I think I've gone further and called it a miracle. Yeah. And I'd, I think not because, not because of the deficit. And Paul's actually since said a couple of times in October when we came in, so there's still a long way to go in October. You know, It was only six points, that's two results. But it's so much further than that. It's mm. the state of the attitude of the squad, how that was. It was so much more than six points. And, you know, the way the way he turned it around, the run they went on. Yeah. I, th- I think it was a great escape, personally. You're going for a great escape, okay. Yeah. Mark? Um, he did a fantastic job. <laughs> I don't think he's going to be made a saint off the back of it. <laughs> but, um, no, it, it was... The position he took over in, um, I would have given a 75% chance they'd go down. Yeah. Um, at various points in the season that increased and decreased mm. um, but what a job yeah. to, to have done and, and full credit to everybody involved yeah. is Mark dodging the question there is it a greater scale semantics you could call it that yeah if you yeah. want yeah. I, I said I, I went for it was a good escape I wasn't going to quite go to great I, I think great is something and it's, it's a slightly above average escape yeah exactly I'm talking as like a, a fan I think you know the extra thing for us is we've got a benchmark do you know what I mean that's yeah. our great escape so to me it wasn't an extra it's like West, West Bromwich Albion did it in the Premier League 04, the 40 05, Jeff Horsfield yeah. um, you know and then you've got to compare haven't you it's yeah so we've got a benchmark so for me amazing turnaround you know you can't say anything other than praise for us but I'd call it the, the, the very good escape but for a great escape it's got to be you know, no, pretty much down with three head games head. to go yeah. and you, you it, stay out it didn't have the structure and drama of a great escape no, yeah. that's we what I mean we had that great run when Hurst came in and we were pretty much safe and then we sort of asked it up a bit and we sort of lived along a bit and then we got a result and we were safe and it's kind of like I didn't go on the pitch at the end of the season because I just felt like oh thank god that's over but you know <laughs> I come back next season back with each other I didn't have the great the great release of tension that a great escape would usually have I think yeah yeah, but, um, believe, yeah, yeah, still a great job done. Yeah. I can't believe you're saying this. No, I am. Yeah. We, we, we've gone through the whole season. I we know. said how terrible we are. Are we you going to back me up, Father? Yeah, we yes. look at the pre season. Would you go miracle? It is it's <laughs> unbelievable. It's, <laughs> abso- <laughs> it's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> unbelievable. Look at those players. Deep. Look at those players. Just look at this. McGiven is absolutely useless. He's Ollie Lancashire was. Tell me how much how much money did we spend on these players? When he took over, we had no chance. Yep. And he, what he has done has been absolutely I phenomenal. I disagree with you. I think it's. I think I think the, the. We were in such a negative position 
The, the whole team was at a disarray. Mm -hmm. The club wasn't in a great place. There were so many things that were going on. He had such a useless bunch of players yeah, that had no structure and no organisation or any kind of sense of purpose <laughs> going on. So him to save, I think, is just, I think he's an absolute. I'm starting to please, Ollie. You know, as you will know, in the 40, 40 episodes of this podcast, I'm not to please. I'm hamstrung strong because I look at that and they were bad, but I watched Kevin Ratchet's side, so <laughs> yeah. they still weren't that bad. So you know it's all about benchmarks, Mike. You know, we were, we but that, but that team went down, though. Yeah, exactly. They yeah. went to conference yeah. and we yeah. didn't. And we Even then, though, we, we, you know, Jake King was probably the worst period in terms of entertainment yeah. of football. You know, this is going a long time back when we were kids, but even as kids, we knew that was a bad period. Yeah. So, you know, it, mm. it swings around, right, isn't it? When you're watching a football team for 28 years, you know, it's it's, it's kind of. Yeah. It gets to it gets to the point where it's just. I'm like, so, I'm like, I'm like, I'm like being cynical now. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't, I don't want to age you guys, and I'm not sure when you were born or what oh, area yeah. you but I, well, I, I don't know. Did you watch them in the 80s? Ollie did a little bit. Well, yeah, I, I did we a little bit. 89, 89, that that was the best period in the club's history, wasn't it? The eighties. So yeah. we just missed that. Uh, so we, we yeah. saw us just as we came out of League One. Now, mm -hmm. right sorry, yeah, yeah, League One, and then down into League. Yeah. So most of the time we watched us in the third the division mm -hmm. as it was, you know, League Two. So you know, we've seen some pretty poor teams. So um, so Salah Cast Player of the Season. So. Um, we, the way we've done this is we've had guests um, and Glenn and I have given 10 points, 5 points, 3 points to the top three players of the game. Yep. So it's been a, it's no selection. It's just obviously just accumulation of those of those results. Um, so the um, so we'll start with doing individually. So um, so we'll ask this to Glenn. So Glenn, who do you think? I remember asking you this offline. So you yeah. were quite surprised, weren't you? So Glenn's Glenn's top three for the whole season was Luke Viola, Sattler and Brown. So and I thought it'd be a go-go, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, you did. Yeah. Said to me, is that in is, order? Yeah, yeah, in order. Yeah. Yeah, I, and I, I think it's interesting because we haven't really talked about Jason at all, and, and yeah. there's been some debate online again this last couple of days. I've been thinking about it, and for me, he's, he's a solid League One goalkeeper who makes mistakes. But can you go out and find a better keeper? It's yeah, a risk. I, I totally disagree. And, and with Ollie that. totally disagrees, <laughs> and I'm sure other people do. But I, I, I'm a, I'm a huge town fan, right? I sit there, I, you know, I, I like consistency of players. I like people staying with us for a long period of time, and I like the fact that he resigned for two years, and he, he is our goalkeeper is something mm -hmm. can get behind I hate the churn of players at football clubs yeah. so that plays a part in my thoughts on it but you've got to look back at it and think everyone sort of looks at the games we played really well and they give their man of the match votes and thinks in every game we play well oh go go which is clearly most people's player of the season but in the crack games look why was making so many saves that were keeping us only 1-0 or 2-0 behind and no one else was standing out so that's why yeah. he accrued so many points he, he did, and, he and it's those awful games you forget about where yeah. he was standing out we were still losing and no one was really giving much credit for it so that's why he ended up being top of mind but I think yeah. he had a reasonable season all in all most keepers at this level are making mistakes I don't perceive he's probably making more than anyone else down the bottom of no. their goalkeepers so yeah I'm, I hope he's around next season personally I know he's got another year yeah so then my, um, my top three were Sadler a go-go Lou Viola so that's yeah. how I ended up on my, my voting but the actual overall so the overall um, Sadler class um, player of the season was, was Sadler yeah. so Sadler won funny. overall um, followed up by a go-go and then Lou Viola I think, yeah. I think it's a fair point that when we were really struggling so we started doing this top three at the start of the season <laughs> and sometimes you'd be looking there doing the agenda for the start of the pod going yeah this is hard. Like, mm -hmm. who on earth do I choose here? Because always, so I think that's why he did get yeah. a few points. Yeah, that's yeah. very sort of standing there. But so, who did you just go around and say? Well, yeah. obviously that's mine and Ollie's. But what about you? Who was your one standout player of the season? I think who was my player of the season? Yeah. Uh, um, it's certainly between a Gogo and Sadler. Yeah. Um, Abs missed what was it the the, the two months towards the end, um, and Sadler sort of came in November time. Mm. Oh, it's tricky, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you always want to pick one. So <laughs> I give it to Sadler. I give it to Sadler. Um, 
I give it to Sadler because I rejuvenated. He's you know. all, he acknowledged, didn't he, that it was his best season in yeah, his career. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. Fair enough, I think. What about you, Mark? Yeah, I think I'd probably go with Sadler. It, it's difficult. You always don't want to give a player of the year when, unless there's been a goalkeeper who's kept you up mm. in a team that's just about crept over the line. I got mm. pelters. <laughs> did uh, a, a verdict on uh, Lutweiler's form uh, <laughs> a few weeks ago. Absolute pelters. But I think and I think he's a better keeper than he's shown. Yeah, definitely. Um, which is part yeah. of the, the issue. I think he's been really, really poor for long swathes of the season. And then has had a game where he's been fantastic mm. and, and mm. won points on his own. And his and shot stopping has never been under question. No, no. He's, he's, yeah. he's commanded yeah. his area yeah. and his distribution is utterly appalling. He does, he does this thing and I'm going to ask Danny Coyne about this. He does what futsal goalkeepers do, which is he keeps his hands really low. Oh, right. And for his command of his area... <laughs> no, because you've got to do that. And he, he does just, he just does a few things that continental goalkeepers seem to do um, that have mm-hmm. been... And it's a bit chicken and egg, isn't it? Is it the defenders in front of him not heading anything away? Mm. Is it Doesn't his help. command of his area? Or is it a bit of both mm. that are feeding off each other? And he, it is that command of the area, yeah. isn't it? And that reliability to do the basics that have come into question. I think if you, if I, in his, it's slightly in his defence, he's probably one of the busiest keepers in the UK at the moment. Well, yeah. certainly at the start of the season. Yeah. And you know, you can say command of area, but if you're if you're facing, you know, double figures worth of crosses every match and corners, you're going to mess a few of them up. If you're only facing five of them, you mm. can get them all. Then it's you know, it's it's a bit of a he, he was a keeper for a, a long point at the start of the season that knew that if a ball's coming in the box, his back no four was going yeah. to win it. And he set such high standards in his first season, yeah. in fairness exactly. to him as well. And now, I think, assuming he is going to be number one next season, and, and indications and feelings you get from Paul Hurst is that that is under question. Yeah, I don't possibly. know that, yeah. by the way. Um, but if he is, I think it will be about now deciding, was that... Uh, a golden season mm. or was last season a blip yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that's what we'll find out a lot of people have said that he's been affected by he got clogged in against Grimsby last year wasn't it in the yeah. cup never quite seemed to regain his confidence from that and I can kind of see that a little bit but I think that some of the things that people pick him up for after that Grimsby incident where he got injured and half the came over a bit he was probably doing that before as well he still wasn't great at commanding his area before he got hit so concentration as well yeah. a few shots his shot stop is great he's thrown yeah. a couple in yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. just think yeah You've got to switch on. It happens. I mean, yeah, there you go. It's, it's interesting to have a chat about Chase because he's been a big part of the season. But what about Mike's player of the season? Uh, I'll go, go. There you go. Because he was brilliant and then he got injured and we had a dip and then he came back to the team <laughs> and we stayed up. So you just said that to start this episode. to a go, go. That's it. Nothing else. <laughs> there you go. Good stuff, Holly. Okay, great. So yeah, so we've yeah summarised kind of the season. We've got some questions, um, questions from um, the fans. Um, we'll start with a silly one. Um, this was on Blue and Amber. Um, so it was to Lewis Cox. So in terms of his last <laughs> spectacles, it. does this help you? Can you see the game in full 4K HD or is it just standard HD? doesn't help my terrible analysis, does it? <laughs> uh, many goals I've missed this season because of the insane amount of writing we have to do while a match is on. You spend 75% of it looking at I your like laptop. I you like your laptop broke and you did it all on your phone. Oh, that, <laughs> was, that was my favourite moment. That was a good effort. Got to be worth some yeah, plaudits full credit for that. Dude. Um, oh. So is it 4K or is it HD? 3G. <laughs> 3G. <laughs> um, no, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there we go. <laughs> so okay. no, part, cool. of the, part of the... Um, you stitched you up there. Yeah, I did. So I think that's an important question, though. So, um, so, so for Mark Lynch, and I think this is a really good question. So, well, so while we stayed up, uh, will, will lessons be learned or we're going to repeat our usual mistakes? 
So don't know who wants to start. I'll start, start by saying, as a finish Shrewsbury Town fan for all these years, we'll probably repeat our general mistakes that we must repeat all the time because that's Paul? what we do, isn't it? But I'd like to think Paul Hurst won't repeat the same mistakes of Mickey Mountain. I'd like to think that he'll do something a little bit different this summer, maybe. But you know, being a football league fan of a, of a lower League One, League Two club, we tend to make the same mistakes. Yeah. You know, and because nothing's guaranteed when you sign a player, you know, and if you pick three or four of them are bad, everyone just says, "Oh, we've done it again. We bought up the summer recruitment," but it. It, it is a gamble a lot of the time, so hopefully we learn something from it, but I wait to be impressed. Yeah, I'd go back to my point of, is it mistakes, or do we end up with the players we can get? Mm. You know, as Shrewsbury Town, and I think that from Hurst January, he seems to be looking at the lower leagues, mm. where we're in a more attractive proposition for footballers. Mm-hmm. If we can pick a diamond from the lower leagues and get them in, it's better than the way we've been doing it previously, trying to bring in somebody who has a bit of an hour out, or somebody who... It's going to come from the leagues down and maybe just like, be here for a paycheck. Like Berry, yeah. they signed, they signed um, Beckford. They're they? not so bad. Yeah. That's just ridiculous. Yeah. They'll be busting him. And I think, yeah, I think it's about spreading his bets, isn't it, in yeah. terms of your wage. I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't want to see us... Because like Grant Holt, for example, is free. Would you like us to spend 40% of our wage budget <laughs> on getting Grant Holt back? Some so, fans would, and that's the interesting so, thing, isn't it? So get that flag back, then. <laughs> so a lot of fans seem to think that, yeah, signing higher league players is better than signing someone who's from a lower league because it's just where they've come from. It doesn't mean anything, does it? And I think also one thing just on this point as well, I think it's worth adding, is I think in the last 10 years, the the, the money and also the the impact that's had on the lower leagues. So look at Payne. He did really well for Dover and he went straight to the championship because a club like Barnsley can afford Mm -hmm. to just gamble two grand, three grand a week Mm -hmm. on his wage. So in in history, players like you know like John McGinley or I know Carl Griffiths would have came through the leagues, didn't they? They came to Shrewsbury and then a championship team would take and then a Premier League. But there seems to be stockpiling going on. There's lots of clubs that do like Peter Brennan, the one. They tend to just they did this week, yeah. Yeah, They signed him this week, didn't they? For an exorbitant amount of money, and Mm -hmm. he should have really been stepping up, maybe a League Two club and and going on. Like twenty nine, I think. Yeah. Conversely, with the number of imports in the top leagues there are players filtering down the other way yeah. um, what I would say is if, under Bryn Morris yeah, if you'll, if, if you'll go and play for Fleetwood you'll go and play for Shrewsbury yeah, like, yeah. Is, is probably my point and, and Burton are another one people um, got the money aren't they potentially <laughs> potentially but I, 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 again I'd, I wonder what Fleetwood's budget is like now in League 1 I think yeah. they could blow people away in the conference in League 2 I, yeah. I, I wonder mm. um, and that 60% know. rule does, does apply yeah, yeah, doesn't true it um, but I think again what we can't have is starting another season with an obviously depleted squad yeah. where John Marsden's playing up front. <laughs> or, you know, what about him? You're desperately searching for a Moa Chowley out of yeah. Stokes under 23s. Do you all think that Hurst would allow that? Because yeah. for, I, yeah. I think yeah. that Hurst yeah. will be. Um, but then I, I didn't think Graham Turner would allow it. You know, that's, that is, you couldn't get more experience than that. Mm. But what I would say is, again, I think a club of Shrewsbury Town's size, because they can't go out and spend vast amounts of money on proven players, I think your season stands and falls by your side. Yeah. You're either playing catch-up for nine months mm. or you're well-placed. It's, yeah, it's I think in the past you hear rumours that we were going to sign an ex-player and at the last minute another club came in for him and we sort of took him at their gentleman's word. And I think Hurst is the kind of guy who's going to get somebody and talk to him and get him to sign a contract and get his business done rather than mm-hmm. I, th- I think sometimes we've been a bit woolly about the business side of it and he seems quite focused about what he could get it is, tr- it is tricky yeah. and he t- it's, it's about the club as well a lot of the time and, and, and 
you know, I've been involved in bits and pieces at the football club, and I know that there's a lot of times when we just don't get our first choices that a manager wants, and that, that's because of the stature. You might get the championship clubs or the upper league one clubs have just come in and taken money. So you're always kind of building on sound a little bit, that once your first choice target's gone, you've got to kind of then maybe think about how that team's going to work, because it's all kind of got to come together the right way. So it's a, it a, must be a really hard job trying to do that transfer business no, in the summer. We'll make a bigger offer. Exactly. You know, yeah. As will mm. Blackburn, as mm. will, you know, all of those teams. But again, the likes of Burton Fleetwood have done no favours because actually there's no excuse now. You, you look know, at a lot of teams in the league, yeah, you've got your, you know, your Chesterfields, your Northamptons, your Oxfords, you know, we can surely pay similar wages to them. And so. also I think having the training ground will help. I think that will have a, a big impact so, on some of those clubs time. have came up from League Two, and they've probably been consistent. They've probably had a group that have been together for a bit. Yeah, um, exactly. and I'd yeah. quite like that. I yeah. think, and I yeah. think that will happen to an extent with a, with a crop of the players we've got. I think that's a really good point. Fans want that. Yeah, a lot of players obviously they but the Burton like obviously we kind of dismantled that team after League Two, and <laughs> I couldn't believe it. I said my my girlfriend had um, a senior leader in her school who was a big Burton fan, and I was telling him, no, we're definitely gonna do better than Burton. You know, we've got a bigger, we're a bigger club. We've got this kind of stuff. <laughs> And they just blew us out of the water. Yeah. But I think going back is the squad. So we had Connor Goldson and Woods, and I think you can't underestimate how good they were. They were championship players playing in League Two. Um, Even Knight Percival was people like yeah, that. Yeah, Knight Percival was a rock, wasn't he? He was a Rolls Royce for central defender. Yeah. Um, so yeah. So I think it'd be so we've got getting that foundation, isn't there, in the summer. So we need to get that foundation. But I think we all kind of agree think that Paul Hurst is gonna obviously we'll come back to this in a year's uh, time or people remind yeah, us on it Twitter. It takes you to the next question, doesn't it? Because I think generally I think most fans are gonna be looking positive about what happens in the summer, but looking positively at what happens in summer and then where our general expectations are because where, yeah. you know, I, I asked That's about Lewis and Mark first but where would your expectations and it's so difficult to even make this judgement now because we haven't got a team you know yeah. we'll have a pretty much have a new team but sorry, before we go to that as well we hope there's a little question do you think we'll be able to get rid of the dead wood before yeah, we can okay. build that squad can't we so this we need is to a get massive rid of point isn't yeah. it yeah, yeah almost half a dozen players you, yeah. you, they need to either yeah. find your owner or pay off which is mm. going to cost money so hopefully we, so we need to get so we need to get rid of Elab McGiven Lancashire, um, Deegan. I've heard a rumor. But again, these people just make up rumors on Twitter very but easily. If there's one thing Super Town Football Club are good, do good at, it's selling, buying, you know, paying players off because we do, we we do, do it, it all the time. Yeah. time. We must have a very efficient system for paying players off because <laughs> we do it all the time. I'm actually, so, sure, mate. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in it exactly. You know, so we probably will be able to get rid of them, but we're probably hit us in the pocket, unfortunately. And it's about how much that hit in the pocket affects what you can do in the in, in the market. Now. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, you know, it, it is. But just, just as a stand, standpoint now, you think Paul Hurst's done his job in the summer, do you think we should be aiming any higher than mid-table? I, I personally going to say now, if we finish mid-table next year, I'll probably be alright, as long as it's a bit entertaining and we don't lose too many games at home. But I'd say that's my benchmark for a reasonable improvement on what we had this season. What about you guys? I, I think that whoever is manager of Shrewsbury Town has the easiest to please fan base in the country. Mm-hmm. Do I? <laughs> I think the expectations are so low. Mm-hmm. Um, that it's it's very very helpful for a manager. And if I were Paul Hurst, I would be saying, um, I'll take five ten points more than we had at the end of last mm-hmm. season. We just want to improve, and I'd be aiming for for sixth. Yeah, fair. Uh, because I think that's that's open. It would be a, a massive massive achievement if Shrewsbury Town to get into the playoffs. But I don't think they should be aiming for it. No, you only need a couple Jeez. of players, don't you? <laughs> you need a well structured team. Yeah, like we yeah. were talking earlier on a yeah. well structured team with a purpose and a plan mm-hmm. and a couple of bit of stardust on there and yeah. you can score a couple of goals and it's because they, they haven't done it for so long but Colchester have been in the championship where are they now? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you know, Burton are there and yeah. have stayed up uh, Fleetwood 
have done very, very well this season. Walsall nearly did it last um, season. Walsall have been there in recent memory, nearly did it last season on a tiny, tiny budget. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you, can, you can go through yeah. clubs of a comparative size and smaller, and almost every one of them in the Football League has been to the second tier, yeah. in between the last time Shrewsbury got relegated out of it and now. Mm-hmm. And I think expectations are very helpful around Shrewsbury for a manager yeah. at the moment. He got just just give us a stat we've talked about on the podcast before, but obviously sixteenth is the highest we finished in, in League One under Turner. So you know that's sort of benchmark. Can you get higher than that? That will be the highest we finished since we got relegated out of the Championship, which was in the nineties. Sometimes so you're talking about twenty five, twenty six years. If you can, you know, say, look, I've now given you the best team in twenty five years here. It's not even. It's three points. Yes. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's better than what we did this season. Completely new club since the ground move. Then. Sure, enough, I think yeah. that is year zero. Yeah, for sure. It's but I think it's worth us noting if Hurst. I don't know if you have to take these these this number and this stat with a big pinch of salt. But if we'd taken Hurst's average, so yeah. actually Hurst's away home, away form was actually worse than Mellon's, which is quite interesting. Yeah, but his home form yeah. was massively better. If we'd taken his average points, we've had sixty points and finished thirteenth mm. with this squad of players. Mm. So what can you do with that? Yes, what the squad of players. So where's so, so Lewis, if you're, you've got to write an article in a few months. <coughs> what's your expectation? I would, I thoroughly think that mid-table twelfth would be a great season. Yeah, you're right. Uh, great season or a good season? <laughs> Just is it a great escape or a good escape? <laughs> <laughs> but it's definitely good. Yeah. Um, but it's progression, isn't it? You know, yeah, and I mean mid-table, and I mean mid-table, not fighting relegation. Yeah. If you yeah. know, if we're bored out of our brains for the last twelve games. I don't care, really. So taking a business perspective <laughs> of that, so often when you're helping chips to you have like on target, above target, then exceeds expectations. So I think that would I think twelve would be a like a yeah, on target. Par. Yeah, yeah. par, yeah, par. exactly. Using a goal from ten. What are you, Mike? I would take one place higher than the <laughs> and that's my starting basis. Progression, as you were saying, progression is all you want. Yeah. I needed for the long haul. If I wanted to win trophies every year, I'd go and put Man United. It's, it's a you did as a kid, Mike. I did. I had a shirt with Andy Cole on the back. And a poster of Dwight York with another yeah. jacket on your walls. Um, but yeah, it's about progression. It's about moving in the right direction. I think those can do it. You know, there are things that are going to come through the season that means the plan goes goes um, awry a bit. But yeah, I just keep moving in the right direction. And if we've got the playoffs. I don't want to go Wembley. Three times we've been to Wembley three. So you don't know if you know this, Lewis, yeah. but you've probably been told we've been to. I've been to Wembley, the auto windshield final. We lost, and then to New Wembley twice. First played in that game. Yeah, yeah, it did. Yeah, and we yeah. lost three times. And I remember my, my sister lived in um, South London and getting the train back with Gillingham fans, who were clearly not Gillingham fans, and the worst fan base in the country. Even my Charlton fan, every time every time I played Gillingham, he always texts me saying you've got to beat them today. I, I remember coming out. I've just gone off topic because we always have one yeah. random off topic. I remember coming out at Wembley. I don't know if you were working at the radio station at the time, but I phoned Radio Shropshire back after we lost when Chris Humphries was playing the, 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 the second final, I think it was, telling everyone. We'll be all right. Chris Humphries is going to be world class. <laughs> it's like, well, this, and I was really emotional about it. And the man on the other end of the phone sounded really upset. Where's that bondy? So sorry. Where's that bondy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know who it was. To be honest with you, there you go. Yeah, but it's not a great. Some, no, some insight into Hurst on expectations, and you may have heard this listening to all the interviews he's done, and I've done a couple of pieces. He said it a couple of times, and he's quite happy to say it on record. He wants to raise them. He wants to raise expectations because we that. just expect to finish one, right, yeah. one above the drop zone. As Mark said, really. Easy fans who don't really get that yeah. animated and yeah, don't put yeah, that much yeah. pressure on the players. He's and happy to this season, lift the... I think the apathy, or not even apathy, the resignation of this mm-hmm. is what Shrewsbury Town do, actually was almost a, another barrier to staying up. Actually, a bit of anger and a bit of... You know, I think everyone on. just bored to death. <laughs> yeah. The season before last under Mellon was so boring that 
Like, I don't even know why we even started a podcast because it was so boring. <laughs> and it was, it was just so dire, wasn't it? I think uh, it gave us something to do. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. but, but it's a good point. So I think going to the games, and Mike was saying as well, you know, we actually enjoyed going to yeah, football games again. Yeah, you couldn't even be bothered to be. You were so, yeah. so yeah. annoyed yeah. at it all. You just think, what's and the point? It sounds, like a really bad, it sounds like a really bad thing to say as a football fan because, like, you know, you won't find three more passionate fans about Shooter Town than us. And, and like everyone, you know, Shooter Town fans. But it is, a, it is a cost and it is a time implication and it is it can be hard work being a football fan sometimes. And it's you, you want to feel like it, it, you're getting back what you're putting in, and, and that's the, the point which you know, and Mel in particular, like we're talking about, you were getting what you're putting in. We were there, we were cheering on, and then we just roll out and get turned over. We used to always hide when we lost, it's and come out with one big wave. And it affects you know, and as a football fan, it does affect your next few days, and you, you, you it, it, it eats away at you a little bit in some respects. Maybe it's football, we shouldn't take it so seriously, yeah. but that's what that's what anyone's passion is about, and I think that. That's all I want from Hurst. You know, we can talk about where we finish, points, this, that, and the other. If he turns out a team I can believe in, that are playing reasonably good football, that it's entertaining me, that, I'll be happy with that, frankly. If it ends up we get relegated, then unlucky. But if we're playing like that and it is entertaining, I doubt we'd be down the bottom anyway. So if we get relegated playing like that, I'll keep football. I'm not sure you'll be saying that. No, like that's that. true enough, Mike. But you just, you just, you know, it's an entertainment business at the end of the day, and that's all I want to be in yeah. a lot of time. We've talked about how um, the fans are easy. You know, not not enough, not pressure, no pressure on the team. And and Hurst has noted that he's come from Grimsby Town, um, while that was the conference. You know, that's a, they're they're a big club, and they're you know, passion, There's this myth about up north fans being more passionate, and but he he had to deal with a lot in the sort of close confines of Grimsby's ground, fans yeah. on his back when they didn't go up every year. They were expected to. So he's come from one end of the scale managing, really, in a, a I want to say hostile to mm. to the other. And he said, God, if players can't play in front of Shrewsbury fans, they're yeah. not going to play in front of... Yeah. They won't be able to play in front of... That's the one quote me and Ollie picked up on from him yeah. when we talked about in the podcast, and he's completely right. It's something that Shrewsbury fans would say for that, you know, Mark picked up on it before. It's, it's never, there's no better set of fans to start a good career. Dude, the the, the only thing that seems to wind up Shrewsbury fans is the ref. So if we get the start of a game and the ref gives some decisions that are clearly <laughs> against Shrewsbury, that's the only time but, we really get up. And when we do it, mm. I've seen us games where we've got players sent off, or like my, my girlfriend messaged me said, was that really penalty? I'm like, no, the referee gave it because we got on their back. So when yeah. we do do it, we can get, and you know. Or when, when we've got good teams, you know. I can think yeah. of how passionate and, and loud the fans were under Turner's team, for example, when we yeah. played well and won the league that season. That was a great season. And there's been lots of times with it. It just needs that little boost. You're not going to, fans need a little bit more maybe than other, other fans sometimes. I think we've probably gone a little off top, but. Yeah. We just need that little bit more to kind of get us going sometimes. And, and once we get going, you know, look at South End at the end of the season. That was a great atmosphere. Once we yeah. got going, we helped them over the line. There's no doubt about that. So let's hope we get more of that next yeah. season. So in terms of what question we have here is, so where do you think is our level? So obviously this is quite a big topic, but like where is Shrewsbury's kind of like natural kind of like position, do you think? It's hard to tell you. Mark, it's interesting when you said about year, year zero being at the New Meadow. Yeah. Um, I yeah. think, do you take that as, as mid-table league one? I don't know what to think, really. Currently, yeah, I think build a training ground, build the infrastructure. Mm-hmm. I don't see why um, the gates can't increase. Currently, mm-hmm. on 4,500, 5,000 home fans, probably bottom half of league one. Yeah. Um, actually, where is the level of the potential? Considerably higher, I would say. Yeah, yeah. 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 Mike, do you think that? So we, we say with Walk, I think we all agreed on with that league one at the moment, on our current fan base... And for the last few years, League One is where we. But where do you think we think we could survive in the Championship? Um, I struggle to think we could. It's such a glass ceiling from that Premier League money, relegated Premier League teams, and some sort of quite wealthy owners taking on average Championship teams. That we don't finance to compete in the Championship unless we got 
and Oli Gart came in and bought us, or you know, we sold a pair of a lot of money. And it's, we, I just can't imagine us being able to offer somebody 18 grand a week. You, yes. know, you know what I mean? Like, I can't yeah. ever imagine it. I'd wager that the gap between League One and the Championship financially, maybe not for a Sheffield United, but for, for a Burton, I mean, talk about miracle. That yeah. is yeah. a seven million yeah. pound budget, seven million pound turnover. Because you get two million or something. But that's that's that as well is why I mentioned infrastructure. Because Burton have gone up so many levels so quickly. Yeah, their yeah. infrastructure. I, I used to I used to live in near Burton, and I played football on their old ground at Eaton Park. Yeah. And I played football on their other. The, 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 the difference that they've made, the progress they made over the last ten years is phenomenal. And even then, I don't think it's caught up. Because no. even with St George's Park, which is a massive bonus for them, yeah. the ground, I suspect the inside and the infrastructure well, of the football club. That's why. What you need is a, a thriving commercial department. Yeah. You need a training ground. You need all of that well, to keep up. And, and that's why sometimes rapid progress does you mm. few favours in the yeah. long term. Burn Albion are struggle because they've got a, there's that rule about seating, which is going to have yeah. an impact on them. And yeah, you're saying that I've had Molson calls, lots of Christmas parties and work conferences there, and they do have more space than our ground, yeah. which is really frustrating. So let's not go, let's not go about the, the no. ground too much. They've got toilet seats as well. They've got toilet seats. Um, they have pies and mushy peas, but also they have lots of office rooms. So where they've got the, the home fans and where the home boxes are, they're not just little little like little like seats that we've got. Mm. They've got proper meeting rooms, oh, yeah. so you can have proper function. So that's a, but let's not go into that. Yeah, no, it's a, lot, a long way yeah. to talk about infrastructure. Yeah. I, think, I, I kind of think that kind of brings us to the last little bit now. We'll have yeah. a sort of quick round the table one about these last few questions on it, because I think we've got like a, a few questions. So like we'll just go around quick now and, and wrap it up. But, yeah. um, so what was your game of the season? Just gone top away easily. Yeah. A chart before three. Yeah, great chart. Got a chart at home, yeah. Guess which league game I missed this season. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I yeah. missed all the good ones. So someone did a poll on Facebook of five top games. I missed them all. I bet you are. <laughs> um, I don't know. I went to some. I went to all the dire games. <laughs> so I think one of the best things is probably maybe going to um, Worcester Services on the way to um, Bristol. <laughs> I've heard but good things about it. It's really good. It's really good. Um, I think I think I think for me the, the most enjoyable game overall I think for the context was Oxford at home when we won 2-0 because mm. it just gave me some confidence that we actually got a season we're actually going to play for something and we actually could so for me while the ent- it wasn't a great entertainment factor mm-hmm. I think I came away most enjoyable from that mm. game because I, I, I missed the 4-3 game I went for the last game of the season the last home game against South End I just thought it was just that the whole game was just quite fun and exciting. The, and the fan zone and all that. Fa- as well. Yeah, yeah fan zone a few helps. Ciders, didn't you? Yeah, exactly. A few ciders <laughs> and add some chips. You laugh about that, but part of the football experience is the, the, the before and end and, and the before and after, and, and that was just a really good day for me. So, okay, that was, that was um, game of the season. What about best loan sign of the season, Lewis? Tyler Roberts. Roberts? Um, yeah, best player this season yeah Tyler Roberts Roberts is class we'll go with that then and then last one who was the big in terms of playing staff who was your biggest disappointment of the season <laughs> do you know think about someone that's going to leave you out to talk to again if you want <laughs> that's the thing because you might have to actually see these people you, so oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. you can start, start okay. that I would say, say Adam Elab he came with a bit of pedigree he was supposed to be captain he was supposed to be on pitch leader mm. and I'm not really sure what Ben's said sometimes he, he tried to sort of step over when he should put the ball into touch and that's why I love Toto because he heads it away or he kicks it away and that's a defender mm. first and foremost yeah, yeah so. I've got Adam and I've written down a big reputation and he lets down all the time I'd love to know how much they earn because then that would help that would help <laughs> quantify, quantify yeah. how poor they are but in terms of appearances 
you've got to put like um, um, AJ Luke Smith or Oli Lancashire in there because they must have been on decent you know, first team wages mm-hmm. and I didn't, wouldn't actually get the stats I was hoping to get um, some stats on the appearances but I'm going to go for um, for Oli Lancashire just because he didn't mm-hmm. even play and he must have been on a decent yeah. whack he was yeah. a captain he still is on decent whack and, and that's the, that he's probably the most surprising all the disappointing ones because I thought he was going to be one of the next big things it's a real shame for that so he's young enough to turn it around now, I, I think it's fair to assume he must be one of the highest earners in the club mm-hmm. because where he's come from and his pedigree um, so yeah, I, I was told that Ollie, um he grew up at Southampton, didn't he? Um, okay. Yeah, he, he played. He was grew up with Southampton, and he there's a team. I don't know if it's Southampton 17s or 18s or something like that. Um, and there's only two of that team that remain professionals: Ollie Lancashire oh. and Gareth Bale. <laughs> <laughs> and he um, might not be a professional footballer any longer. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm wedges. I'm led to believe Rochdale didn't try particularly hard to keep him. No, so the the PR off. He turned down a new contract. Well, I don't remember all that, but if I'm honest, but yeah, but it's on a blur. It's it's murky when when you start getting into who tried to keep and how and, yeah, yeah, and things yeah. like that, and it kind of it. Well, I, don't, I don't know enough about um, what people are on. Or, or I, I, have comment, to, I have to estimate it for the football manager database, and they, there are numbers in there that other people who've done the research for football manager mm-hmm. have put in there for what they were on at previous clubs. And just as an example, like most players are on like two grand a week. Yeah. Some of the better players, so, you know, whether that's a good yeah, estimation or not, I would feel that that's a reasonable estimation. Right, you right. know, you've 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 prospects one hundred and two pound a week in it, which is probably basic wage. Yeah. yeah. There you go. That's an idea of it. But um, it turns out to be quite a lot of so money. Who's, who's, yeah, who's I wasn't your... dodging the question. No, <laughs> no I, really. I'd um, I'd have Elabd with O'Brien. Jim O'Brien, who no one's mentioned. Oh, yeah, I think yeah, he yeah. had a big. <laughs> um, well, you come from Barnsley, you know, done fairly well in the Championship. You know, we saw patches of him being able to be decent on but the ball. But what was he? Was he a winger? Or we don't really know, do we? Yeah, yeah. He came as a winger, didn't he? And then sort of played defensive yeah. midfield player. For a <laughs> yeah. um, in, I think there are a lot of players who have failed on lack of ability or lack of form. Jim O'Brien didn't run. Yeah. And to me, that probably would clinch that award yeah. for him, for me. There we go. Okay. And if anyone else got anything on the season that they wanted to think about because I think we've gone through our agenda I mean we've put, yeah. put it to bed there really haven't we last week yeah. <laughs> it's been pretty good so I don't know if you haven't got anything else to say Ollie should we wrap this one up yep okay thanks Ollie so I, I'd just like to thank Mark Mike and uh, Lewis for joining us this week Ollie it's been great to have their views of the season and I think we've absolutely smashed that really so yeah, yeah I'd like to thank all the listeners again for the season and it's been our first first season sort of doing this podcast yep. we'll definitely be back next year doing another one we've got a few more summer things we're going to do as well yep. aren't we so we'll, we'll, we'll be back in a few weeks time anyway and um, yeah, also want to say thank you to Shropshire Homes because we've recorded this um, in one of their meeting rooms on a Sunday where we could all sort of get together. And um, yeah, so as usual, my mum's come to the rescue. <laughs> so, so I, should, I should say thank you to my mum and also to Shropshire Homes as well. So um, no, yeah. do, do keep it up, guys, because I have my commute to the meadow from the Black Country is forty-five minutes, so it does kind <laughs> of fit in quite well on my drive. You know, <laughs> that's where I get my questions from on the way to the press conference. <laughs> <laughs> I think we should we should put in the diary to get this done again next season. Yeah, everyone's, everyone's still in post. Because <laughs> you never know. <laughs> don't know what you mean. You might well get better offers. You know, I'm sure. Well, we'll get. We've got our season tickets from you, haven't we? So we're still yeah. going to be in post. So um, yeah, thanks for thanks for coming, guys, and enjoy the rest of your Sunday. And we shall uh, all catch up again soon. Yep. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thanks. thanks. Bye. And that was that. Uh, once again, thanks for listening to the pod. Um, not just this episode, but across the whole season. Um, we're now approaching almost 20,000 listens this season, which is absolutely staggering, to be honest. Um, and we really do appreciate all the support, um, be that just listening or, or some of the comments we've had online. So, yeah, once again, thanks for that. Um, we're not done with the 2016-17 season just yet, though. Um, we've, up, we've got two more summer specials planned. Um, the first will be a pod in which we'll have the alternative end-of-season awards. 
Um, and also we'll have a review of the uh, predictions myself and Ollie made at the start of the season, which should definitely make for some interesting listening. Um, the second is still being finalised, the second uh, episode we've got. But we hope it's going to be a player interview, so a few more details to come about that down the line. And after that, we'll be taking a break for the summer and be back early into pre-season. So hopefully everybody enjoys their early summer. Um, don't believe all the transfer rumours yet. And yeah, cheers for listening again. Oh!